everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast at ESPN Missoula. I'm Andrew Houghton. Joining me today in the studio, Montana Grizzlies assistant soccer coach Ashley Herndon. Coming off of her first season as an assistant coach, I believe anywhere, right? Because this is your first job. Yes, first full-time assistant coaching job. Well, that's awesome. Ashley's got a great backstory, great college player, played professionally for a few years, and just now getting into the coaching ranks. It's a great place to be doing it. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us here. Of course. Thank you for having me. I don't really know where to get started with you because <laughs> your your backstory is so fascinating, your playing career. What has this first season been like? I mean, how did you decide you wanted to get into coaching, first of all? And and what was the experience of this first season been like? Yeah, um, well, I was playing for so long. I went the, after college, I went the professional route and fell in love with it. It was a lot. It was challenging at times, but... I mean, I just, I love soccer so much. I played as long as I could. And when I realized it was time to hang up the boots, I still didn't want to give up the game. So went into volunteer coaching on my alma mater at JMU. Loved it so much there that looked for opening or uh, open assistant positions and found my way here. And it's a great first year to start coaching with a successful year, but hopefully it only gets better from now. No doubt. That's JMU, your alma mater, a place that a lot of Montana Grizzlies fans will be familiar with from the football field because that's James Madison University over in Virginia. You're from back on the East Coast. How'd you end up at James Madison? And, and you were you were a very good player there, but what was it like playing there? Um, well, I grew up in Northern Virginia, which is about two hours from JMU. My brother was there. He was a freshman when I was a sophomore in high school. So I fell in love with the school just from going to visit him and got recruited there and it just all worked out became a family school ended up having two other cousins that went there as well so we were all there at one time when I was a freshman my brother was a senior and fell in love with there what was the athletics program and departments like over there because I know a lot of Montana people like look at James Madison because it's been the rival in football and they see them moving up now, so I, I guess that rivalry will sort of end. But look at, like, the big athletics fee for students and, and sort of how they're funding mm-hmm. athletics a lot differently than a place like Montana does it. What, what was it like for you playing there? Yeah, the the culture is similar to Montana and just the way that it is a mid-major as well and playing over there. Sports have become been becoming more and more successful. Like our lacrosse program a couple of years back won the NCAA tournament. The football team has been successful, as you know, but it's getting more and more exposure, and it's exciting for JMU, but sim- similar to here where it could be getting more exposure than, than it seems. No doubt. This is a question that I want to ask everybody who comes in here because I try to bring people in here who say, like you say, you know, I fell in love with the game when I was very young. What was it about soccer um, that sort of got you hooked, and, and why haven't you lost it since then? <laughs> Um, I grew up around it. My mom played, she played in adult leagues till she was 40 and going to competitive tournaments. My dad was a coach, my brother was playing, so it just became a family sport and I was always around it. And like I keep saying, I just fell in love with it and couldn't give it up. Tell me a little bit more about your playing career because I, I knew that you were good because I looked at your bio when you came in and we were trying to set up this podcast and you're yeah. you're laughing, but Montana head coach Chris Chitovitsky sent me pictures of a bunch of memorabilia from your playing career, including a CAA Player of the Year award at JMU. You played in the NWSL for a while. You played overseas. 
just tell me a little bit about your playing career, what kind of player you were, and and sort of how you were able to transition into playing professionally after college. Yeah, Uh, the transition was the hardest part for me, honestly. Um, Like you brought up, it's not my favorite thing to talk about, but yeah, I did have a lot of opportunities, which I'm very fortunate about. Uh, Started my career at JMU, loved my college experience. Uh, Within my college experience, I got to go to a U23 national camp and then got invited to the Nordic tournament, which was a really amazing experience. Got to play with some top-level people, and I was very fortunate for that, and I've learned a lot from those from those experiences. Uh, out of college, I went to play with the Portland Thorns for a little bit, got in contract for a little, um, but just those training environments, I will take all those experiences forever and remember them for the rest of my life and hopefully pass those on to the players that I'm coaching now. Um, after Portland, I went the Europe route, my first experience was in Prague, played there for a year, got to play Champions League with Slavia Praha, which was amazing. A lot of experiences there. Just living in a different country has just taught me so much. Uh, after that, I played in Switzerland, and then my last professional career was in Iceland, which was amazing as well. <laughs> Great experiences, and I'll take them on forever, like I said. Yeah, it's Ashley Herndon, Montana Grizzlies assistant soccer coach, joining us on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast playing in all those places you could probably tell stories for days what I'm curious about is what the transition what what was the biggest change going from from college into like you said training sessions uh with the U23 national team training sessions with Portland Thorns one of the most storied teams in the NWSL and you were playing on a team you were on a roster you were in training sessions with a lot of uh national team players just what was the what was the transition like on the field yeah, um, the first thing that hits you right away is just the speed of play. Going from one level to the next, um, everything is faster the way the ball moves. Even just decision making, everything has to be quicker. Um, another thing is just the mental part of the game. I knew I needed it in college, but just playing at those different levels, it's just staying out of your own head is the biggest piece, and I could never get past that part. It was always a challenge for me, and now my goal is to help my players that I have get out of their own head. You know, Taylor Hansen, who's now with uh, the San Diego Wave, been trying to help her out a lot. And she's similar to how I am. She overthinks a lot of things and trying to get through to her is my main goal now. Yeah, that's awesome. I've I've had Taylor Hansen in here a couple of times because she, she was one of my favorite players on the team last year. I love the way that she plays. She's obviously very talented. Um, and I was fascinated by her sort of doing the thing that you did, trying to transition from the college game into the professional game because she clearly had the talent for it. And she is. She's a very good interview. She's very thoughtful uh, when she's in here. She's very articulate. Mm-hmm. But but you can see how that could sort of be a, a handicap when you're out there and the ball is moving fast. Like you said, so uh, let's talk about that. This program under Chris Chitovitsky mm-hmm. has a lot of ambition, which encompasses sending a lot of players to play professionally. It is something that he wants to have be a cornerstone of the program, that if you come here and you, you want to give it a shot to keep playing after your college career is over, then the program will help you do that. And that's good for the program and it's good for the players. You know, somebody like you is a big part of that because you do have the experience. What is it that you're telling these girls? How do you work with them, you know, when they're still here? Mm-hmm. And then what do you tell them to help prepare them when they're finishing up and they're trying to go play professionally? Yeah, um... A lot of little things, honestly. Uh, the week 
weeks before and months before it was a lot of training with Tay and just giving her my own experiences of just the playing style of what I experienced. I mean, every place is going to be different playing in Europe, playing in, in Portland, everything's different. The style of play uh, at Portland, it's a lot of possession based and a different style than if you were to play in Europe where it's kind of hard physical games all the time and maybe not a certain playing style, but my advice to them is like I keep talking about is just the mental part of it. It's staying out of her head and I was just giving her a lot of things that I experienced and what I went through and how it didn't help me and hopefully that was helping her prepare for what was coming. Were there tricks that you used to get into uh, the right mindset? I mean mental games that you would play with yourself or, or was it just a more holistic overall thing that you had to constantly be working on? I honestly never really found a true answer. Yeah. I went from reading books to meditation to anything I could think of, just getting in the gym and working on something else outside of soccer, just kind of getting out of my own head. But it was more so just preparing her for little situations of if you were to go through this, this is what I did and how it didn't help me. And hopefully that would help her in a different way. Um, could give you an example. I would, if I were to make a bad pass, it would kind of just stick with me the whole rest of the training, and I would be thinking, oh, they think I'm a terrible player, blah, blah, blah. And my advice to her was just make a bad pass, just brush it off and move on to the next one, complete the next pass, and try not to let it stick with you in your head. And it's easier said than done, but I think just talking things out was helpful for her. Is there a little bit of um, imposter syndrome too there, especially for a player like Taylor, who's coming from a player like Montana? I mean, I don't think, I'm not sure, like I've talked on this podcast about how historic and monumental it is that Taylor yeah. Hansen is playing for San Diego oh, yeah. Wave right now. I believe, and I have no idea how far back the historical records go, she's the only player that I know of to graduate from a big sky school to ever play in the NWSL. I know Maria Sanchez, who went to Idaho State for two years before transferring, is playing for Houston Dash right now, but I believe Taylor Hansen is the only player to ever graduate from a Big Sky school. It's such a huge step up. I mean, it's historic. You know, is it tough for her to deal with that? Like, coming in, now she's playing with, I mean, Alex Morgan is yeah. on that team. Yeah. The number one draft pick is uh, Naomi Germa is on that team. Abby Dahlkemper is on that team. Have you tried to help her with just, like, saying, like, I belong with these players, you yes, know? That, that's been a big thing because where I came from at JMU, it's very similar to Montana coming from a mid-major school and not many people have heard of these places before and both in very similar spots and that's why I tried to tell her about my experience a lot. I mean, I was going into a camp with Tobin Heath and Christine Sinclair, Ali Long, Lindsay Horan, Megan Klingenberg. I could go on and on with the amount of talent. Who's the best player you ever played with? <sighs> Uh, that's tough. There's been a lot. Um, probably my favorite player to play with, who helped me a lot, um, was probably Ali Long and Lindsey Horan. They both helped me in many different ways, but it's been nice to have that connection, be able to, to ask some questions when I, when I want to. It's, they were very helpful. That's the other thing I was going to ask you when you were talking about trying to get the mental side of your game right. You were playing with a lot of people who you know, had done that because they were very successful or they um, at least had a better handle on it maybe than you did. How yeah. how helpful was it to sort of pick the brains of United States women's national team players yeah. and, and, you know, players like that? Yeah. Um, having that U23 camp when I was in college kind of gave me a brief 
look at those sort of things and going into Portland it prepared me a little bit for that um but like you talked about Tay it's it's kind of crazy when you look back and think who I was surrounded by but just having those experiences and playing with that talent helped me so much and kind of one of my pieces of advice for Tay was just look where you are right now like they want you there in that environment for a reason and that's pretty cool to think about. Ashley Herndon assistant soccer coach for the University of Montana, joining us on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Ashley, I, I haven't talked to Taylor since she um, got into a camp. I mean, how is she doing over there? I, I've tried to watch some of their games. I haven't seen her play yeah. much at all, but you know, you're close with her if you're talking with her. What's your sense of how she's doing over there? Yeah, um, she's doing great. Obviously, signed a contract, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. It doesn't happen to everyone. And coming in the way she did where she wasn't drafted she had to prove it and earn that spot and she did that and she did that because they saw something in her that not every player can get to and that's pretty awesome and she hasn't made it into a game yet but her time is going to come and I and I really believe that yeah really impressive I mean it is like an undrafted free agent deal in the NFL which a, a lot of people who if you watch Big Sky football, a lot of times the best players in the Big Sky are getting undrafted free agent deals sort of after the draft, and that doesn't come with any guarantees. I mean, they're giving you an invite to their camp. They can cut you at any moment. Right. Um, when they don't want you, you're out of there. I mean, there's no guarantees or anything. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the situation that Taylor Hansen was in coming out of the University of Montana, and for her to even make that roster like you said, is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. I, I've watched more NWSL games this year than I have ever previously in the past because of Taylor Hansen and also because of Maria Sanchez, um, who, like I said, went to Idaho State for a couple years and is now back in the NWSL after playing um, in Liga MX for a couple years. You played in the NWSL a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. What's your sense of how the league has has changed since then and evolved since then? It kind of seems like the league is always changing and could always be growing, and it seems like they're trying to do more and more for it every year, which is pretty awesome, and I just hope that the game keeps growing and growing for women's sports um it's and I haven't even touched on uh the players who are playing overseas too I know Montana has a bunch playing overseas and it's just as important and special and you it's a different experience but it's just as big and it's also also exciting as well that's right what what are the big differences there beside you know language culture obviously are going to be different yeah. you talked a little bit about the differences on the field and the style of play yeah. but you've had both experiences what are the big differences and and is there a certain player type of player who's maybe you know more suited to stay here or to go overseas like how does that work yeah then it's different for everybody it's it's pretty challenging if you want to play in the U.S. just because of the smaller opportunities and the talent that's here and there's a lot of opportunities overseas um so that would be the main differences of playing rosters and dealing with the contracts and stuff um overseas it's more of a bigger opportunity and more more numbers over there but um like i said it's just as as special and but the for the playing styles it's i and my experience was just and obviously it's me dealing with different languages and stuff, so I could have interpreted things the wrong way or not correctly. I don't know, um, but yeah, just a more physical game, I would say. You were you were in Prague. You said you were playing Champions yeah. League soccer in Prague. You went to Iceland to finish your career. There was one stop in the in, in between there. Uh, Switzerland. In Switzerland, yes. okay. Which was your favorite? Um, they were all so different. Just the different cultures and playing styles. I probably. 
Prague was probably the most talented and hard but good challenge and it pushed me a lot and I probably enjoyed that one the most. When I got to Iceland my last playing experience was probably the time where I I took that opportunity to just play and enjoy the game and it's probably the best soccer I played. Yeah. So in the sense of which one do I did I most enjoy? It could have been that one just because I was out of my head at that point and was just playing to play. But it wasn't the most competitive and tough playing. What's the atmosphere like over there in terms of the fan base for women's soccer? Because I know that a lot of the time, like players in the WNBA, for example, are going to play in Europe in the offseason. And not only are they making more money over there, they also are playing in front of more fans than they will ever play in front of in a WNBA game. Is that sort of similar? I mean, is there a huge sort of support for women's soccer? I know we just had Barcelona just set a new record, some 90,000 fans to watch their women's team, which is the best women's team in the world by far. But is it was it similar over there where you saw a little bit more fervor? Yeah, well, coming from a place where I played in Portland where the fan base is just incredible right. in Portland. Um, Prague had a lot of a lot of fans, especially when we got to play in the men's stadium. We drew even bigger crowds just because of the environment and the space we had there, which was a lot of fun. For the Champions League games, we would get a big crowd. Uh, that was pretty exciting. Uh, in Iceland, where I ended, it was... COVID time, so fans couldn't really be there. But it's from what it sounded like, there was a good fan base over there as well. When did you, you talked about playing in Iceland and playing the best soccer of your career at that point in your mind. When mm-hmm. when did you know it was time to hang them up and, and transition out? Yeah, uh, it, was co- it was COVID times and it was tougher to find teams to play on. My agent was working like crazy, trying to find different teams and the transition in between each team and contract I was on, it's just knowing when you're going to leave and it's always training and overtraining. And it got to a point where it was just time. And I still love soccer, but I knew I wasn't the happiest I could be playing. Talking with Ashley Herndon on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast, current Montana Grizzlies assistant coach, former college star at James Madison University, former NWSL player, former world traveler. After that, Ashley, you didn't want to give up the game after you were playing. Why was coaching the next step for you? Um, Well, to be honest, I really didn't know what the next step was. I was, my parents actually retired to Florida, so they're living in Florida. So all my off seasons were training in Florida. Uh, But it was kind of on my own because most of my friends and family were in Northern Virginia. So it was training on my own. And I got a call from the JMU coach who was, was not my coach when I was there, but knew him well just from connections with the school. And he invited me out there to be a volunteer. And I went out there to be a volunteer for the, I think I started in January through the spring season. And just being there in the spring, helping the team out and working with some of the players, I just loved it so much and started applying to any assistant jobs I could find. And Chris sent out the job description for Montana and I kind of started checking off all the boxes that he wanted in, a, in the job description and applied and it all worked out and I've been loving it since. Did you come visit Montana before you got the job or, or was... I did not, no. It was all, all via Zoom. 
so what was your your first day on the job like you know move moving up here first of all um and then starting a new job right away i flew here and i think my second day here i was working summer camps wow and i did not have a place to live either i was fortunate to have my my mom and grandma fly out with me to help me find an apartment which i would not have done without them coming so that was very fortunate and ended up finding a place and it's been working out since What have you thought of Montana and Missoula and the area around here? I mean, have you gotten to explore it a little bit? A little bit. It's been been a little crazy with the season and uh, the spring season. And I also started working club soccer. So it's been been a hectic schedule. But from what I've experienced, and I mean, I go on some trail runs with the other associate head coach, uh, Jay Landham, and it's the, the runs are beautiful getting to see the nature here and it's not like northern virginia in that sense so it's no not at all it's been a little different, <laughs> but it's incredible and i hope to explore more that's awesome and then you came into a really good team this fall and an experienced team um, a team that had a lot of expectations mm-hmm. and a team that sort of had been with chris and the rest of that staff for a couple of years did that make it easier or harder i mean coming into a team with that much not pressure, but that, that many expectations going into the season. Yeah, and I mean, Chris and Jay helped me a lot in my transition and getting to know the team. I didn't want to overdo it and start right away with my coaching and, and overdo it in that way. And I kind of just eased into it and let the girls trust me first before I started saying too many things. And I think that transition helped me a lot. And it's it's been a great first season honestly and I just can't wait to keep going. It's Ashley Herndon assistant coach for the Montana soccer team joining us on the soccer and snow and smoke podcast. Ashley it's been awesome we could keep going I mean we <laughs> have you back in here just to tell stories about living in Europe um, and traveling all over and the stuff yeah. that you saw and the things that you did but but I'll get you out of here but I just had you know this is a question that I have asked Chris and I've talked That's with right. Chris about Montana soccer is in such an interesting position because you guys have been so good Mm -hmm. in the big sky. I mean, certainly the class of the big sky in recent years, and you have the expectation of making the NCAA tournament now. But once you get to the NCAA tournament, suddenly you become the underdog again, and you have to play a very different style. What's your view of just sort of being stuck in that in-between space where you have to play one way to to win the big sky or to sort of outclass these other teams in the conference. And then once you get to the NCAA tournament, you're sort of right back to square one and having to switch things up again. Yeah, that was definitely a challenge this past fall. Uh, the team's always going to show up and no matter who the opponent is, we're going to give it our best shot. And obviously the game tactics might change a little bit, but our main goal is just to play every opponent like it's could be any team. No, that's absolutely right. And it was, it was really clear to see in that game against Washington State. You guys did do a lot of things differently just tactically, but I think the team sort of mentality was still was still there in that game even after the the first goal. So it was really impressive, but I've just always been been fascinated by sort of that in-between space that the team is in because Chris has always been clear that the goal now is to win an NCAA tournament Mm -hmm. game because that's the only next step when you're winning the big sky every year. I mean, there's no other place to go. Yeah, and and yes, Chris keeps speaking that into existence, so it just gets in the players' minds and our staff's minds, and that is the main focus now. Is yes, we still need, we still have a job to do in winning the Big Sky, and that's always our main goal. But then our next step now is winning that first game in the NCAA tournament, and then continuing it on. But like I said, it's 
the team changes every year, so our goals have to change a little bit. And finding that identity at the beginning of the preseason is, is the main focus now. What have you thought of the team so far this spring? You guys would have just wrapped up sort of uh, preseason, you know, spring conditioning and training and stuff. So you're going into more summer conditioning now? Yeah, so we just finished up. We have one more week left of of spring training and the girls will have a little summer break and then we'll get back together where the incoming freshmen will then come in and we'll get to know each other as a team. Right now it's still the same same group as the fall except a couple of added one transfer and one freshman that came in early. Not big changes there, but I'm excited to have the full team together in preseason soon. What did you think of the spring though? The spring was good overall. It was a good time to develop individually as players and and we saw some good things in some scrimmages recently and some things to work on. And it's good. It's a good start to coming into the next season. That's awesome. It's Ashley Herndon, assistant soccer coach at the University of Montana, joining us for the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Ashley, thank you so much for your time. I know you said you didn't like to talk coming in, but that was that was great. Um, thank you for sharing your experiences with us. Of course, yeah. It's not my favorite, but it's, it's always nice to come out and do these things. So thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. I'm Andrew Houghton. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, um, and also tune in to Nuanez Now every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN 102.9 Missoula for the Footy 15.